Powered through the Alaska Airline Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. Oh man, how about that? Some major breaking NFL news over the weekend with the huge trade. We'll tell you what it means for the Seahawks coming up in one minute. Don't forget you can head to the SeattleSports.com slash win page today to register and fill out your bracket for bracket. Bucks. Compete your shot at great prizes. There are three chances to win. Fill out your bracket today at seattlesports.com slash win. It was Selection Sunday. Who do you guys have winning at all, by the way? Do you have uh, Bama? The Cougs. The Cougs. Houston? The NIT? Houston. Oh. No, the, the Cougs of Houston. Oh, okay. <laughs> Curtis, who do you have? Uh, you'd think I'd pick Arizona. Yeah. I'm not picking Arizona. No, who? I'm picking a, a repeat. We're going Kansas. Again. Going Kansas yeah. again. Did you guys take uh, UConn to your Final Four? I saw that all uh, of the uh, announcers took. No? No. No. I, did I, I haven't filled out okay, a bracket cool, yet. Cool, cool, cool. But uh, yeah. the Cougs cool. are winning it. Okay, yeah. Is it just that you side with all Cougs? Exactly. So I, feel, I feel, feel like it's trying to get our, our answers on this. That's stupid. Why would I do, why why would I do that? <laughs> yeah. That's wild. Who do you guys have for your uh, for your elite eight? Round of 32 yeah. matchup in the East region. <laughs> just like hypothetically, who yeah. do you have? Uh, how was your weekend? Good? It was all right. You know, yeah. I was down south, mm-hmm. Olympia area, standing in the rain, cheering my uh, my. Seven on seven teams on. One of my teams brought back a trophy, so that's nice. Good. Congratulations! And, uh, thank you. And then the kids, you know, basketball, soccer, on all dad that duty. Stuff. Uh, you know, and then daylight savings just slaps you in the face. So disrespectful. Yeah, I know. But other than that, it was good. How was yours? Oh, it was fine. It was fine. It was actually, you know what? It was good. I was really, really productive this weekend, but I, I had two interesting things happen. The first happened uh, on Friday afternoon, actually, after our show. Um, it was when I realized that now, Curtis, you're going to laugh. It was when I realized that I might have an inflated ego. Right. Like it kind of like hit me kind of hard. Um, I was at a gas station and I pull up to the gas station and there's this car that um, it, like it, it, it almost takes my spot, which is the only reason I notice it. And then it goes on the other side. So I get out and I go to pump gas and this guy pops around the corner and he goes, excuse me. And I was like, Stacy. <laughs> Now I need you to, I know you're frustrated because you are in a hurry, but you need to be real nice because this is someone who's going to remember your interaction with them. Like mm-hmm. here I am just thinking like this guy listens to sports radio and he's going to be like, are you Stacey Ross? <laughs> <laughs> I never felt more vain and full of myself than I did in that moment. So he's like, excuse me. And I turn and I'm like, yes, <laughs> ready to be like, it is me. And he was like, do you like gems and crystals? Gems and crystals. You give off that vibe. You really give off that vibe. I really do. And I was like, uh, what? And he was like, I'm trying to get back to Bellingham. And I'm wondering if uh, he he wanted to be able to exchange some uh, gas for gems and crystals. And I was like, I'm. I'm, I'm. Thank you so much. I'm fully stocked up. But and then I drove away, being like, "You idiot!" Hold <laughs> like on. check so yourself. You didn't give him like five bucks to. I didn't to have any cash. Going. I didn't have any cash, and I'm not gonna like fill up your tank for you. Do you know how expensive gas is? Yeah, I do. I mean, well, I mean, I guess I'm the idiot because I could have had a car full of crystals if I would have done that, but. I don't know. Uh, the second thing was it was my friend's uh, Katie. It was Katie's birthday mm-hmm. on uh, on Saturday. We went out and we were in this like back room area. And have you ever tried to lie and you don't realize it, but you're doing a horrible job with lying? Uh, yeah, sure. All the time. 
Really? Not all the time. But not all the time, but you've happens. done it before where yeah. you kind of like, you realize you're not being convincing at all. Mm-hmm. What were you lying about? Well, I wasn't lying about anything. This guy walks back there with presumably his girlfriend and uh, and they try to sit down and we're like, hey, we're so sorry. This is booked up for, they were in people's seats. So I'm like, you, mm-hmm. we, we would just let them chill there, but it's a full house. So I was like, hey, I'm so sorry, but uh, this is actually booked up. We We have it for a birthday party. And he was like, oh, did you guys, do you just book it online or did you like pay money? We were like, no, it's, we didn't pay. We, you just, you just book it though. And mm-hmm. he was like, okay. So then he leaves. So then later the girl comes back and, uh, she goes, Mike Lefko is there. She targets Mike Lefko. She walks right up to him. It was like, she saw this guy and she was like that one, I'm going to try to get him. So she goes up and she tries to ask like, when are you guys leaving? How late are you staying? They're all 25. So they're probably looking at us, uh, in our thirties as basically being uh, 500 years old. Ancient. They're like, there's no way they're staying past nine 30. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, we're not leaving. Then we were determined not to leave. Then the guy comes back. There are 15 people in this room. The guy comes back. He goes, hey, so looks like they double booked us, which I know you're lying because lying. you just asked us how you got this room. Get he goes, he goes, could I pay you guys like $500 for this room? Whoa. Yeah, but there are 15 people back there. No, you can't pay us $500 for this <laughs> yeah. room. What's that basically cover everyone's tab and then we leave after booking this room? Absolutely not. He's trying to flex. He this really girl That's too. exactly what he uh-huh. was doing. He, he was trying to flex in front of his girl. Bucks. I'm just saying, man, 500 not going to get it done. Nah. Not going to get it done with 15 people, but he was really trying to look tough in front of a in front of his girlfriend. Work. It didn't work he out. He walked away, tucked yeah. his tail. Yeah. Good try though. Yeah, then we had a standoff where we didn't leave until they left. You guys are waiting until uh, last call? Yeah. We're not yeah. leaving. Yeah, fighting for it. Uh, there was a major, major trade uh, over the weekend. The Panthers acquired the number one overall pick from the Chicago Bears. We thought the Bears might trade this one. They didn't need a quarterback. The Panthers do. Uh, the Panthers sent DJ Moore in four draft picks. And while this is really interesting, what's it actually mean for the Seahawks, right? That's the question that we have. Um it certainly feels bump like a quarterback might be out of the question. It was in question at one point. Here's Pete Carroll last week on Rich Eisen. Again, this is such a rare opportunity. For, we've been here for 13, 14 years. We've only had one other time when we picked in, in you know, in the top 10. Uh, and and so that now that we see it and after, you know, kind of in a frustrating fashion, you know, you sit down there in the, in the twenties or, or lower and, and you just don't have a shot at guys like this. So uh, now that we do, um, it's certainly uh, top of mind, and we're we're going to really watch how this happens. It's not going to take long, you know. <laughs> Soon it'll be on us. So, um, but we'll we'll see what happens. And there's some great choices, and we'll we'll figure it out. Uh, but that's definitely in a consideration. Bump, I know you were looking at a world where maybe C.J. Stroud goes to the Seahawks. Maybe when the situations are right, feels like that world is gone. Yeah, it does feel like it's gone. You got the um, the Panthers who move up. Then you have the Texans, and we're hearing the Cardinals are trying to shop out their number three pick. So, and I'm looking at the Vegas Raiders or the Atlanta Falcons and saying mm-hmm. you guys might want that number three spot. If they do get that number three spot, I can see one, two, three in a row. And then Indy at number four, they need a quarterback as well. So right now I'm just saying you guys go ahead and do your quarterback thing. Yeah, I'll take Jalen Carter for show. Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. I don't think it's ever happened where. Four quarterbacks have gone in a row. Never say never. But no, as a, when that when that move went down, 
Um, I'm thinking the Carolina Panthers just sent a really good receiver to Chicago to help mm-hmm. out Justin Fields. First thing I thought about was Justin Fields. Boom, you got DJ Moore. Chase Claypool is over there as well. Um, I think they're both going to want money at the same time. So you're going to have to make a decision. I think that decision's easy. You got to go with DJ Moore. But you look at the draft order now, and uh, you can see some movement. So Stroud is not going to be there. Um, I don't want Levis. And I like Anthony Richardson, but if you have a chance to get a big boy, you go get the big boy. Yeah, right now it's looking like uh, Stroud now projected to be the number one overall pick. And this is what's interesting, too. There's several reports. Uh, Albert Breer is hearing this. He had this in his column. Um, uh, I think Peter King had one in his. Jeremy Fowler uh, saying that there's no indications yet what quarterback the Panthers could want. Well, uh, I'm sure in their heart of hearts they probably know. Uh, but as far as what they're portraying or what people are saying behind the scenes, no. I think um, you know, with 47 days before the draft, my understanding is they have up to three quarterbacks in mind. It's, it's of course, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, and then uh, one wild card. That could be Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. You know, they, they really have no rush now. They just want to get in position to be able to do what they want. And they could back out into another spot. You know, like, let's say, fall in love with, I don't know, Lev- Will Levis, right? Then you know you can get him at three, most likely. You could move back two spots. So there's just there's stuff you could do to to maneuver, and uh, you know I think they wanted that flexibility. So who knows who they actually want at number one? But you're right, Bump. It certainly looks like Stroud is for sure off the table. If someone trades with the Arizona Cardinals at three, then you've got one, two, three gone, and uh, Seattle at the very least has their choice of one of two defensive linemen, or excuse me, the second of one of two defensive yeah. linemen if Arizona doesn't move because Arizona needs one of those defensive mm-hmm. linemen. Like I feel like Jalen Carter to Seattle is seeming much more likely, meaning me jumping into Lake Union is seeming much more likely, it. which like I'm not especially loving, but we'll see what <laughs> happens there. There's always a chance John Schneider trades back. You know what I mean? Like He loves to trade back. He and does. John, listen, I don't want to jump into Lake Union. I am asking you to trade back if Jalen Carter is there at five. <laughs> It's a simple, more and more like a possibility. Simple request. But here's the deal. I know the Seahawks need defensive line help. I would have told you 10 times out of 10 during the season, take a defensive lineman there at number five overall. And at times we thought it would be as high as number two overall, certainly Mm -hmm. number three. Now that a quarterback feels out of the way, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I didn't want it, but now that I can't have it, I'm wondering if I would have wanted it. That's how I feel about quarterback. Yeah. And if the Carolina Panthers draft Mr. Levis. I need to figure out something for me to do because that, that is just going to blow my mind that if the if the Panthers go get oh. Levis, I look at the Panthers and I just see CJ all over it. I think they need a mobile quarterback, a guy who's big in the pocket. And, and yet say what you want about um, Bryce Young. He's 5'10". He's at 205 pounds, mm-hmm. pounds apparently now. My man's going to play like a 190, I appreciate you throwing on apparently, too. That's why. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll see what's up with that. But, no, it's looking like these guys, that's exactly what they're doing. They're positioning themselves to draft quarterbacks. Arizona's not going to draft a quarterback. Indy needs a quarterback. Jalen Carter just might slip to the Seattle Seahawks. That means you are taking a dip into the warm Lake Union over here. And, um <clears throat> Uh, I wasn't expecting this, honestly. I didn't think the Panthers were going to make a move to get to that number one spot, but it makes sense for them. They need a quarterback over there. They're done with the, uh, what, Sam Darnold was over there. Mm-hmm. You have Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. who started there. He finished the season with the um, the Los Angeles Rams. Ever since Cam, ever since Cam, not left, but after like his 
his career MVP ended. season. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A couple years after that, you kind of saw the writing on the wall. You saw the downfall there. But it's all about the quarterback. So good for the Carolina Panthers, man. And then I saw a texter say that DJ Moore is a number two receiver. I beg to differ, sir. Watch mm. film on DJ Moore. He's a number one receiver, thousand yard receiver, and he did that with like fifteen hundred quarterbacks over there playing for the Panthers. Yeah, I guess I was gonna say based on yardage alone, it depends on on which team he's on. If he's on a team with like DK, you're a number two receiver. Mm-hmm. But if you're on a team with a better quarterback, what's your potential? That's really what it is. It's, do you have the potential to be a number one receiver? Because right now I'd have him at number two. My guy can ball. Watch the film. Big body. Goes up and gets it. Has a little run after the catch. I think. And it all depends on how he's used in Chicago, though. Because yes. you know Justin Fields is going to rush for a thousand yards or dang near a thousand yeah. yards. How are they going to call plays for him in Chicago? God, and you still got Mooney over there, too. You got Mooney. You got Claypool. Um, I think Claypool is going to get pushed off to the side yeah. get traded or released here pretty soon or after this season because he's, he's going to want to get paid after that. Um, so, yeah, he's he's a – let's let's say he's a borderline number one receiver. Sure. We still have to, to of, see when he's paired with a quarterback what it looks like. I was like. trying to think of who their coordinator is in Chicago. I'm like drawing a blank. Is it still uh, the same group there or do they switch it up? I don't know. I want to say there's been some movement over there. Yeah, I know. There had to have been. Yeah. Um. But uh, we know that uh, so much for drafting a quarterback number five is kind of the theme right now, right? Quarterback off the board. However, if you wanted a defensive lineman, this Chicago Bears trade is good news. Yeah. Like that in some, that's what I want to stress this morning. If you wanted a defensive lineman at number five, you are loving that the Panthers made this move. They're setting you up. They're setting you up. That's the first thing I thought about is this, okay, now we're really in the sweepstakes for Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, mm-hmm. especially when you look at these mock drafts, too. We've seen Jalen as, as low as, what, 17 or something like that? I don't think the Seahawks are going to look at their situation and say, okay, you just released Shelby Harris. Um, did, we, did you get that in the headlines? I think you did. I did, um, yeah. We haven't talked about it, so yeah. if you're listening to the podcast, you haven't heard it. It was in a, our little snapshot. Yeah. Um, you're making moves on that defensive line. That is your guy, and you can move him all across that line, man. You can move mm-hmm. him outside, inside. Jalen Carter, I've heard people say that he is one of the best defensive prospects to come out of the draft in the last 10 years. We have experts talking about a dude like that. You got to pay attention. So I don't, I do not see a world where Jalen Carter is available in no. the Hawks go, nah, I'm good. I don't either. I don't either. I think that, um, John Schneider, uh, and Carol for that matter are too tempted by athletic potential. And I think that Jalen Carter's case is unique where I actually think his talent level, the case itself, like you have not heard a ton like as heartbreaking as the entire situation is and like concerning you haven't heard a ton of rumors about him like really slipping like mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like the NFL world which is a callous world is overly concerned I also don't see him slipping past five if he's there for Seattle so we'll see what happens uh, obviously we've got uh, over a month although guys we are closing in starting March 27th we're like a month away from the draft which is just Absolutely insane to think about. I feel like the season, I feel like the Super Bowl just happened. Yeah. Right? Man, just me. Just me. All right, let's get to headline rewrites. Headline rewrites. We must make headlines. The real story behind the headlines in today's news with Bob and Stacey. Headline number one, UW announced they will keep Mike Hopkins as men's basketball head coach for at least the 2023-2024 season. What's the real headline? The Huskies have made the tournament just once since 2011, but apparently boosters don't care. 
That's the real headline. I'm saying this about my own alma mater, but it is really disappointing because there's no reason you can't also be a basketball school. You are a great basketball city. You're just letting this program flounder because you don't want to spend $6 million? I understand you have money invested elsewhere, and I understand that you just had to fix the failing football programs, but you guys, what are we doing? I'm... I, This isn't me advocating for anyone to be out of the job per se. This is me saying that this program's in trouble and you're not fixing anything. You're saying it. I'm saying saying it. Well, because I don't like the look of it. I really don't like the look of it. It always makes me feel uncomfortable to do that. And I think it's kind of like tacky in general. But like, here's the deal. At the end of the day, the job isn't getting done. This program is floundering. This program is pathetic right now. Last two seasons, barely over 500. 2019 was the last time they made a tournament appearance. You look at their recruiting classes just when it, in comparison to the Pac-12. The Pac-12, when you think of the Pac-12, you think of basketball, you think of UCLA, you think of Arizona, you think of UW. At least I do. That's what I think mm-hmm. of. And they have the number eight ranked recruiting class in 2023 in the Pac. Number six and 22. Number six and 21. Number 12 and 2020. That right there is telling you that he cannot recruit. He's just not doing a good job recruiting. Is he a good basketball mind? I'm sure he knows the game very well, but there's something to be said when you're not making the connection mm-hmm. with your state, the recruits, and is not showing up on the basketball court. Things got to change. In 2021, they won like five, six games or something like that. It's in 2020, five 2021. Games, yeah. It's crazy, man. So, yeah, you got to make a move. You got to make a move. Five years ago, they signed a 10-year, $120 million deal with Adidas to become the official uniform supplier of UW. So we're halfway through that deal. They've made $60 million on that. You can't drum up six to move on from Mike Hopkins. That's what I'm saying. It's, it is a choice. It's not circumstance. It's a choice. Headline rewrites. Headline number two, Jalen Ramsey was traded by the Rams to the Miami Dolphins in exchange for just a third-round pick and tight end Hunter Long. What's the real headline? The Dolphins are trying to win in 2023. Unfortunately, everyone else is, too, in the AFC. It rhymes. Right. Bars. 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 Uh, the Dolphins are trying to be really competitive. I love the move to go get Jalen Ramsey. He has struggled uh, at times with uh, completion percentage allowed, uh, which is, you know, probably why they were still able to get this. I think he's still a great corner, and I think the Dolphins have the potential to be a great team. They just happen to be in a stacked conference. A third round pick in 2023. Yeah. And a tight end. Year of our Lord. A tight end who had zero catches last season. Yeah. Zero catches. This is how desperate the Rams are just to gather picks. Here's the good thing for Jalen Ramsey. All right. Say he's getting paid $18 million um, in the state of California. That's a million dollars a game he's getting paid. Say all your home games Mm -hmm. are in Cali. That's not real. We're speaking hypothetically, right? That means he's uh, getting taxed $133,000 per game in Cali. You know how much he's getting taxed in Florida? Florida? Zero. Zero. My guy's like, yeah, man, take yeah. me back home. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> exactly. If I were him, I'd be like, I can't wait. Yes, please. What's next? Headline rewrites. Headline number three, the NCAA tournament field is set. Your number one seeds are Alabama, Houston, Kansas, and Purdue. Gonzaga, the number three seed in the West region. What's the real headline? Alabama. They're great on the court. To be determined if they're great in the court. They got some stuff to figure out. Yes, they do. Uh, I would think that most brackets have Alabama winning this entire thing. I know that you guys guys watch college uh, hoops more closely than I do. Do you feel the same? Yeah. No, you, I know you t- you're taking the Cougs. I'm taking the Cougs. But is it because of Houston or exactly? No, it's because of Cougs. And yeah. Houston, I mean, their three losses Houston's are really bad. Temple, they are. Temple, Alabama, they lost to Alabama, mm-hmm. and then they lost to Memphis in their, their tournament this past week. But no, the Cougs, 
It's a good basketball team. But you look at Alabama and that freshman they got over there who's going through his trials and tribulations. They got a squad. I think Alabama's probably going to win this thing, but I'm uh, I'm, I'm putting the Cougs down. What do you guys think about this take uh, from Wally and Snoqualmie? It's not Wally's take. He's saying that Salk earlier this morning made the point that with the Pac-12 being up in the air, is it really worth the vacancy trying to go after someone when you don't know what's going to happen next? Here's the deal. You know that you're going to have a program. You know like what? You don't know what your conference is going to look like, but there is someone, even if it's from like a lower conference mm-hmm. or an FCS school, there is someone who will want that job. That's not an excuse to me. Also... That didn't stop Colorado from getting Deion Sanders to be Thank the red you. football coach. Yes. All right. And Colorado was not good. No, Colorado football is in a worse <laughs> spot than UW is in basketball. Yes. And they were able to get Deion Sanders even with the conference kind of being in flux right now. I understand the take. I And thank you, Wally, for pointing that out and letting me continue this conversation. I understand the take. I just don't agree with it, nor do I think that that's really the big factor. I think that what the big factor is – a willingness to be complacent because you don't want to spend money and it's not a huge sum. Six million is no joke for a buyout, but you would do it for the football program. They did it with Jimmy yeah. Lake. He exactly. was owed nine million. Yes. Sure did. I think it's it's about the intentions and interests of the people spending that money. And even though we've talked about this a million times, Seattle basketball city it's this idea of wanting to be like i'm okay with mediocrity and hoops is different you know we've seen memphis go to the final four um you got the the cougs uh university of houston they're a big name with basketball you can be in a booty conference and still get (laughs) national recognition we got the zags go 34 and one every year it seems like they're number one seed well they're number three this year but typically they're number one seed it's different in hoops you can Just look at the brand, recruit, and win. Exactly. All right. Well, speaking of, UW men's basketball finished with a disappointing season and a first-round exit from the Pac-12 tourney. But what can really change if Mike Hopkins is back? And why was the decision made? The reporter who broke that news, Percy Allen, joins us next to talk about what's in store for the Docs. Bumpin' Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Yes, we did see this breaking NFL free agency news. We're going to get to it in 15 minutes. Don't go anywhere. I promise we're going to get to this news right now, though. Talking UW hoops with Percy Allen of the Seattle Times. He joins us now on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. Percy, busy news weekend for you. We were wondering what would happen with Mike Hopkins. And then you broke the news that Hopkins is returning next season. Um, we're going to talk about you know what it means for the program. But what was your immediate reaction to the news? Well, uh, in the immediate, right, it just gave us some closure, uh, you, you know, because for a while now, there's been just rampant speculation about Mike Hopkins' job security, whether he was safe, whether he was going to come back or not. And so that was my immediate reaction was like, all right, so now we know, they know, he knows. Yeah. And so they can uh, sort of uh, look forward to next year and like, you know, really trying to get this team sort of going in the right direction. So that was my immediate thought. Do you see a scenario where Hopkins can salvage his job? I mean, it feels like he has got a lifeline for a year, you know, Um, is (laughs) what do you, what do you see in the future is what I'm asking you. And that's the big question. No, really it is. Um, And, um, is there a scenario, you know, is there a like pathway back to the Pac-12, you know, uh, title chase and the NCAA tournament? Yes. 
certainly, you know, there is, uh, you know, especially, you know, if we're looking forward to next season, right. And just, uh, you know, trying to, you know, imagine and envision what type of roster they can put together and, you know, like, uh, you know, what type of styles that they can play. Certainly they can get back there. Hop will tell you that, look, he's done it before. Um, so like he knows how to do it. His critics will tell you that, well, yeah, he did it before, but he did it with the remnants of mm -hmm. uh, the previous regime, right? And so he's, like, never been able to really do it with his guys. Uh, and um, and both things are true, right? Like, two things can be true here. And, and so can they do it? Yes. Uh, but it just needs to be done before anybody's going to really believe it. Uh, staying in this vein, you have a, an article up on seattletimes.com. It's a Q&A with Mike Hopkins. Highly encourage everyone to check it out, just offering more insight. Uh, after you hear Percy, there's just going to be uh, more there. Uh, but you ask Hopkins, you know, hey, what do you think went wrong this year? Uh, what did he tell you? And then what do you actually think went wrong for this program? <laughs> you know, so he said, uh, you know, basically that, uh, that they had to integrate a lot of new parts, mm. uh, a lot of new players. And it, you know, and, you know, he's right, right? You know, uh, you know, so the, you know, the one thing with, with, with Hop, if you've, if you've never met him, if you've, if you've, if you've never had a chance to do an, an interview with him, most people will tell you, you know, you walk away from him and he's just a great guy. I mean, he really is. I mean, it's hard not to like Mike Hopkins. Like, you really got to be that, like that person, like not to like Mike Hopkins. Now, that being said, um, you know, you can then evaluate him for just the job that he's done. And so, yes, yeah, so like he's going to tell you, you know, like everything, you know, that, that you want to hear. They had a lot of new pieces coming in and like that's all true. But, you know, he'll also kind of leave out some things, which is like, look, this offense has just been, uh, you know, man, I just really want to be in. But it's, 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 it's been bad. It's been bad for a long time. And it, and, it, and it wasn't just this year. It's been bad for a long time. Like, it's just archaic. Mm -hmm. It's rudimentary. I mean, people have figured it out. They don't score enough. I mean, you know, look, Mike Hopkins is a defensive guy. He's a 2-3 he's a zone guy. And so offense feels like just secondary to him. And like too many times they just struggle to score. And so, you know, that, that was part of what went wrong this year. Um, and so when, and when they couldn't get their offense going, um, it just, it just made it too hard, right? Like, like for this team to win, they've got to keep teams under 70 points. And every now and then, you know, teams, you know, um, you know, nowadays, look, it's 2023. And so, you know, uh, these kids know how to score. And so the UW under Hopkins just hasn't been able to do it on that offensive end. Um, a big part of Mike's job is to develop young men, right? You're a college coach. Um, and that's that's part of the gig. And you mentioned that it's hard not to like um, Coach Hopkins, what's his relationship like with his players? And then does his personality translate to going and sitting on a young man's couch and recruiting, getting some of these top-notch players? You know, I think his relationship is solid, right? You know, um, his players speak highly of him. Uh, they really do. Um, you know, and, you know, this idea that, like, Mike Hopkins um, isn't a good recruiter, like, that's just false. I mean, it, you know, it is. You know, like he's, like, he's brought in some, like, top talent, you know, a few years ago, Isaiah Stewart, Jaden McDaniels, you know, both guys, five five star guys, you know, um, uh, everyone knew it going in. They were 
one and done talent. And they were, you know, um, now, you know, now this is the other side of the coin there. Just with that one and done talent. Well, what did they do with that? They went 15 and 13. I mean, you know, I mean, they just 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 didn't do enough with that. Now, if you peel the curtains back on that, look, that 15 and 13, there was a, a lot going on there. Primarily, they lost their point guard, which, you know, you, you know, look, you could peg it on that. But you say, well, why does losing one point guard then prevent you from just falling off a cliff? And so that's part of something you know else that Mike Hopkins has to live with. Sort of, again, just not building sort of like that quality depth, you know, mm-hmm. like this year was something very similar. Like they lost their backup center. Like, and, I mean, guys, stay bump. I'm like, like tell you, you know, it is the craziest thing. Like they lost the backup center and that was almost everything. Like it, it was like this domino deal that like you mean to tell me that you you like take out that one guy and then and then like that just everything else crumbled. And yet it kind of did. I mean, and so it's, again, not building enough depth there. So, like, you know, he he has the personality to draw talent. But, you know, I've I've never thought so much about roster construction as it relates to college basketball teams, you know, than I ever have. And I've been doing this a long time. And so but that idea of roster construction nowadays in the in the age of the transfer portal and, and like um, and like NIL, it is key. Like you really got to put your roster together the correct way in the off season. Cause it's totally different than years ago when like you can like know that you had guys for like four, three years. These days you got them maybe one, maybe two years and that's it. When it comes to the health of this program and you know, whether it's getting back to attorney or whether it's going deep into attorney, right. And being a, a really elite program, uh, what are some of the things uh, that are going to have to happen? Is it uh, great recruiting? Is it just getting to the attorney? Is it a shift in the PAC 12? I mean, what do you think are some of the biggest factors? Man, we could spend a oh, you know, I shouldn't have made it my you know, last question. <laughs> yeah, you know, really though, because this conference is changing. It is now, right? Like this this conference that, you know, we don't know whether it's gonna be the the uh, Pac ten or the Pac twelve or you know, so you know, so like that's a a a a, a big part of it. Um, I don't know if like anything that happened this weekend, you know, as it pertains to Utah basketball is, you know, long-term here because, you know, that statement from like Jen Cohen wasn't necessarily uh, what a, um, like a stamp of approval. It was really one of those show me type of a deals. Like she, without really saying it, she like said, look, if you don't compete for a PAC 12 title, if we're not in the NCAA tournament, then there's not going to be another year after next season. That's what, that's how I read that. Um, and so what do they have to do to, like going forward? Well, one hops, has got to get this right. I mean, like, like, like in the, like in the short term, look, he's not going to be able to win any games now, right? Like there is no winning games during the, during the rest of the spring or the summer or like anything like that. What he's got to do is keep the guys that he needs to keep. Keon Brooks, you know, the freshman guards, Keon Minifield, Corey Johnson, you know, those guys, make sure those guys come back and then supplement, you know, you know, just so that you have a bench, you know, so that, you know, if you lose your backup center, you're you're not going to lose 16 games, you know? And so just things like that. So, so, so construct the roster, you know, the right way. And then, you know, when we get to November, you know, Oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Even before that, then he's got to sort of figure out the schedule, 
right? Like you got to get the right teams on there too, to like where like you can be competitive enough and yet uh, not lose those games. And uh, so that's always, you know, tricky. Right. And then he's just got to win. And then next year he's got to win at least 20 games. And then he's got to get to the NCAA tournament. All right. He is Percy Allen. Great coverage of this program. As always, make sure you're checking out Percy's work, any of it, at seattletimes.com. But he's also got a Q&A with Mike Hopkins up now. Again, seattletimes.com from Percy Allen. Percy, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Thanks, Percy. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right, again, that was Percy Allen of the Seattle Times, kind enough to join us on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. We had some breaking NFL news in our break heading into Percy, and we're going to react to it. The Seahawks just got a major blow to potential free agency plans. We'll tell you everything you need to know, including Plan B, next. Bumpin' Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacey Ross. All right, some breaking news. Uh, just before we spoke with Percy, you guys aren't going to like it. This from ESPN's Adam Schefter. Former Eagles defensive tackle Javon Hargrave reached an agreement on a four-year, $84 million deal with the San Francisco 49ers. I know no one likes that. It includes $40 million in guaranteed at signing, which uh, a great deal for Hargrave. Hargrave was a top uh, target for a lot of Seattle Seahawks fans. I mean, we don't know what Seattle's targeting, but once Deron Payne was franchise tagged and then later extended with Washington, everyone was like, all right, well, you need defensive line help. Who knows if Puna's coming back? You got Al Woods, but he's older. You just released Shelby Harris. Go get Javon Hargrave. Well, now he's off the table. Bump your immediate reaction, and then let's talk about plan B. Dang, dang, dang. Dang, dang, dang. He was one of my guys. You know, yeah. and obviously you were gonna have to pay a lot. What he got a forty million signing bonus and he got eighty million, mm-hmm. eighty million over four years. You were gonna have to pay for this dude. Um, but you should have. You had a good year. And then we saw what Deron Payne got paid. You knew that he reset the market and Hargrave was gonna be next. Uh, now you look at this defensive line. You got Nick Bosa, you got Armstead. ESPN has already updated um their roster. You got Hargrave and you have a uh, Abukum. And then you have Greenlaw, Fred Warner. They just signed, re-signed Tosh Gibson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at this 49ers defense, you're like, what do you do? I know. What well, do you do? 149er is moving on. This breaking a minute ago from Mike Garofolo. The Raiders closing in on a deal with quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, so after six seasons in a Super Bowl appearance with the 49ers, Jimmy G on his way to Vegas. Now, he uh, gets to stay on the West Coast, now quarterbacking for the Raiders. You expected that he would either be with the Raiders or, or with Texas, Houston, yeah, yeah uh, as, as kind of a, a veteran while those two teams try to find their quarterback of the future. And both teams, uh, I believe the Raiders are at seven, obviously Houston at two. So both teams in there looking for some future guys with a run on quarterbacks. Raiders probably not getting that guy. And look at that. They went ahead and signed Jimmy G. Again, it's the legal tampering period. None of these deals are official until Wednesday, but um, we're all going to be hearing reports circulating out. So I wanted to let you guys know about that one. We'll react to it and Bump will get your reaction to Jimmy G in particular in four down territory right now, though. We're going to talk about the Seahawks. The Seahawks weren't in the market for a veteran quarterback. They already got that guy. Uh, They were in the market for some defensive line help. So who else becomes available? Um, is this something where now you're looking for just like a serviceable defensive lineman and then you try to get a star in the draft? I mean, what's the move now that Javon Hargrave, who could have been your top target, is off the board? The move now is that you look at who's available. Process of elimination. That's what happens during this time, right? Okay. You got Hargrave who's gone. You got Deron Payne who's gone. Who's the next best available? I mentioned this young man last week on the show, David 
Unye Mata is probably the next best thing. You have um, Cleveland Farrell, who was with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Ha- didn't really pan out. The dude out of Clemson, I believe, went to Clemson. Yeah. yeah. Was great um, on Hard Knocks, though. Yeah, great on Hard Knocks, right? <laughs> uh, didn't really pan out. But you simply just go to the next be- best option, and that has to be David Unye Mata. And you let Shelby Harris go. I think you got to re-sign Quentin Jefferson, make sure he's good to go. You need some depth there. I don't expect them to sign Puna Ford. I think just because of the defense at the rim, he doesn't really fit. He's more of a 4-3 mm-hmm. type of guy. But now, um, yeah, but here's the thing about the Seahawks, right? And most GMs and head coaches in the league, you always have your backup plan. You always have, okay, in case of emergency, break glass, and who do you grab? I'm sure they were looking at Deron Payne. I'm sure they are looking at Hargrave. I'm sure they've done their... They're a due diligence when it comes to Onye Mata. So that would be my focus. And then I'd go to Dalvin Tomlinson, the guy over there. You with said the David Onye Mata is the next target for Seattle. Goodness gracious. What I have happened? some news for you. Oh, my gosh. David Onye Mata uh, agrees to deals uh, a deal with the Atlanta Falcons. Okay, so now you work your way down the list. Plan C. Dalvin Tomlinson <laughs> is now the next guy. I had oh, that my one list. as my next item. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's going down. It's the, happening in real time. I'm glad it's happening on our show. That I mean, it gives us something to talk about. Okay, so on Yamata, I watched your film. You're going to be a good ball player down in Atlanta. I'm moving down to Dalvin Tomlinson. Okay, that okay. is the next. Tell me where he's going now. Breaking news: Where's Dalvin going? You know what? I think we're okay right now. Dalvin Tomlinson is. He's good. He's I good. think right now he's still available. Come on. Uh, we'll see what kind of stuff he's working on. He's with Minnesota right now. Uh, we'll see what kind of situation is working there. Right now he's unsigned. Okay. So, right. okay. There, there it is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we have a target. Let's see what happens there. Man, this legal tampering period. News is moving fast. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about... Uh, Let's see. I was going to go with the the biggest lesson we learned from the Panthers. Given that we only have a minute, I'm going to push that back, and I'm just going to stick with uh, instead what this means from the Seahawks from the 49ers' point of view. The 49ers have a big question mark at quarterback, but their defense just got a lot better. I mean, Seattle, it feels like in the division here, it's between Seattle and San Francisco once again. We'll see what happens uh, with Kyler Murray in Arizona, but he could take a while to get back. He tore his ACL late. Uh, Obviously, we're going to wait and see what happens with the Rams. You're not worried about about Arizona? Not not too worried about LA, who's kind of in rebuild mode. They're going to look to try to get right over the next year or so. It's once again between San Francisco and Seattle. I do not like that their defense is getting even better. I know there are question marks, but oh my God. The rich get richer. Yeah. You know what? I saw a scenario as well now. The 49ers don't have that much cap space, but I did read this weekend that they are going to look at Lamar as a possibility over there as well. So could you imagine? If the 49ers? 49ers now, sh- cap, shut now, the front. Now, there's, there's a lot of cap that needs to happen, right? But uh, yeah, I saw a scenario where the 49ers are oh exploring gosh. all possibilities and Lamar is on the table as well. But here's what we do know. They have a defense that will shut you down. Yes. Here's what we do know. They have an offense that, led by Mr. Irrelevant, okay, still were able to put up points and be that explosive offense that we were used to seeing with Jimmy, um, that we are used to seeing. I, Trey only got, a, what, a game or two with Trey. Mm-hmm. Didn't really see a lot of Trey. But at that quarterback, quarterback spot, you just insert because there's so many pieces around him, and then the defense just got better. Yep. If we're looking, if we're picking at who's going to win the division right now, I think you have to lean towards the 49ers. They are winning the arms race so far, but it is a marathon, not a sprint. Come All on, right. Hawks. It is the first day of the legal tampering period. I'm going to give you guys a heads up. We're going to get to four down territory and some other football stuff, but at 1230 for NFL headlines, 
We're going to take a look around the league. So if you're like, I need to take a quick lunch break or I've got a, a quick errand to run, make sure you're listening right here at 1230 and we'll tell you everything you need to know and get you caught up with uh, what's happening in free agency right now on the first day of the legal tampering period. Uh, taking a break from the NFL to talk Mariners heading to spring training to figure out the latest with Ryan Divish. Don't go anywhere.